0: And she said you need to pay attention If they make the comment Then it's worth the mention Jamil and Shatora, you know they got the scoop At work talking about what black people do If you ain't real Then you probably won't feel this It's all facts, you know they coming With the realness Or pettiness, either way you are getting it Uncut, unfiltered, and unedited Lifting up the culture You know how it's gotta be Making words work Give it to you tongue in cheek Forget that water cooler, we like T sweet. This is Boss Talk, reserved for the B sweet. B sweet, B sweet. Boss Talk is reserved for the B sweet. B sweet, B sweet. Cool it out, or you'll end up on that B sweet. What's up, everybody? We are back for another episode of the B Suite Podcast. I am one half of the B Suite Podcast, Jamil, alongside my amazing, amazing co-host Shatora. What's going on, Shot Dizzle?
1: What's going on? Nah, I'm good. Just for the record, everybody, he's the only one who can ever call me Sha anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got those
0: ex- exclusive privileges, man. <laughs> you know. So how, how's it going? How's your day going so far?
1: L- busy. Yeah, but we're good. Yep, feeling good energized mm-hmm. had my second cup of coffee so
0: oh that, okay we're yeah, out here. yeah. yeah I, I know the energy last week on the last podcast you know because you were it was a lot going on that there was day. a lot going on yeah, yeah, got yeah. the COVID
1: vaccine didn't yeah, realize right. exactly how much that takes out of you well me so it took it it took a toll that day but listen
0: i got my first shot uh last week sometime and it, it that first shot took me out. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely took me out. Yeah. I mean, I was I, I think I was over at Target and I just my <laughs> arm felt limp. You know, I was just like, I don't know what's going on right now. But I'm just glad I got it, you mm-hmm. know, um, and mm-hmm. I'm encouraging everybody to to get it. I was a hard no for the vaccine at first. Yeah. I was a very hard no about the mm-hmm. vaccine. But, um, you know, just educating myself on it a lot more. And, and just talking to the right people about it, you know, I felt like that it was the right thing for me to do. And also I, I made sure that I was public about it. I posted you know, on my social media when I was getting the vaccine because I want other people to look like me To to be able to feel safe about getting the vaccine. Yeah. So,
1: And the thing is, too, if you don't feel great after the vaccine, that means it's doing its job. Right. Your immune system is having a response. I could, like, actually feel my immune system working harder. Mm -hmm. And so that means that I should be developing an immunity to the virus. So that's actually a good thing, a a positive thing. It's a great thing.
0: And I'm, uh, I still have some questions about it. You know, my main thing is, like, is it, is it like a flu shot where we have to get it every, every year? Every year, like a booster. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, it's, it's still some questions that I have about it, but. Um, I just can't
1: even keep up with everything. So yeah. I'm just trusting the professionals.
0: Listen, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I trust <laughs> the good Lord, <laughs> you know, because I think I'm going to be good. Um, And I'm trying to, again, just trying to be out in these streets again, you know. So. Yeah, we
1: we have things to do this year. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we all have to be vaccinated Um, and in order to, to really continue to work on equity and, and doing all of the amazing things that we want to do in the community, especially when we talk about buying black and all that stuff, we got big plans. Yes, So we need everybody to get that vaccine so we can all congregate again.
0: Get y'all shots, man. Yeah. Cause I'm not, I'm
1: not i'm not doing anything like what's going on in florida right no,
0: now no no they they're wilding in florida. <laughs> florida right now like florida Texas, a few places yeah a few know? places yeah. it's too much just too much shatora this is gonna be a dope episode today
1: I'm, re- I'm this is
0: gonna be a dope episode i can't today.
1: believe he agreed to do this <laughs> Yo,
0: i'm like when you told me i was just like say what now I'm like what <laughs> like, are, are you serious like are we are, do we really have the lex gillette on? we have like Lex really?
1: Gillette <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> on the pod today.
0: Yeah. So I will let you go ahead and, you know, just introduce him and like, how, how did that connection even develop?
1: Yeah. Um, well, Lex is just like a dope guy. So yeah. he actually reached out on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my goodness, there's, there, he, you know, really is interested in like working with communities and, um, you know, just, being an overall good citizen. So uh, he reached out over LinkedIn. And then I was like, I think his story would be really interesting to tell on our podcast. Mm -hmm. So um, we had a nice conversation over Zoom. And he was like, if this Zoom call is anything like the podcast, then I'll absolutely do it yeah, so yeah. but I mean for for those who don't know who Lex Gillette is he is now in an in inspiration with his story um but he is a blind Paralympic athlete from Raleigh North Carolina and is a a multi medalist in the Paralympics so gold, gold. But let's put gold, some respect on that
0: Gold medalist,
1: medalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and has competed in several, um, several competitions. So we've got uh 2016, 2015, 2000. I'm trying to get, he's gonna kill me, but we go all the way back. Your his first Paralympic um competition, I believe, was in 2004. So, am I is that right, Lex?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the first time.
1: Okay, so so he's got a long career, a very long career. um, But his story is one that is just completely fascinating, but more more than anything, inspirational. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's it's just incredible to to have him on the show today. And, you know, if I encourage everybody to go to YouTube and type in Lex Gillette TED Talk.
0: Oh, my God, that TED Talk
1: it be oh my goodness absolutely amazing absolutely amazing and just so insightful um it it's it's always i always love hearing other perspectives mm-hmm. and when you have someone as accomplished and driven as lex in in spite of adversity it's it's always motivational to, to hear from someone like that. So it is my distinct pleasure to welcome Mr. Lex Gillette to the podcast.
2: What's up? What's going on?
0: It's <laughs> uh, amazing. Thank you so much, my guy, for uh for taking the time. I know you could be doing a million other things. I mean, you, you, you know, could be anywhere yep. in the world. But you're here with us. <laughs> and we're- uh, yeah.
2: No, we're we gonna have a good time. I will say that the first thing, I definitely have a a, a number of goals, a lot of goals, but in Tokyo. Um, the goal is to get gold. That'll be actually my first one at the at the actual the big Shabanga Bang Paralympic Games. I have all of my goals are world championships and other major international competitions, but just want to make sure I, I put that one out there because I don't want my teammates to be up there like, oh man you got you got people thinking that you are. <laughs> uh,
0: but it's you know. Gold, um,
1: is gold, no matter where you got it.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously, yeah. that's better than a lot of other. I mean, I, I don't, I don't get, have one. I don't have copper. I don't you know, have any of that. You know. So. Don't get me
2: wrong. I, I get on the podium now because I have my I have my silver. For but sure. uh, but yeah, now nah, Tokyo, we're gonna have to go ahead and solidify that 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 gold. So yeah, it's it's really fun, really fun. and good to be here too,
0: hanging out Thank with both you. Nah, we really appreciate you, bro. So, uh, Chitaura talked a little bit about you and your background and such, but, um, I want you kind of just to kind of dive a little deeper, uh, yeah. you know, kind of talk about your story a bit, uh, because you have a very unique story. Uh, you have a, and a very inspirational story, um, but you, it all started from some place, right? We mm-hmm. all have a story. It starts at some place. So, Always. So take us back. So like, you know, where does, what is your story? What does the Lex let story start?
2: Yeah. So, uh, as Shatori mentioned, because I wouldn't dare say that nickname, I know it's only one person who could say that. But in in, in North Carolina, um, grew up in in Raleigh, and I was able to see when I was born, so had a pretty, for for lack of a better term, a you know normal childhood, if you will, was playing outside with friends, rode bicycles, video games, and there was one day that I had come home from school, went through my normal routine. And that evening, as I was getting ready for bed, I started noticing that I was I was losing my sight. And specifically, it was me looking around, looking at my hands, looking up at the lights and the, and the ceiling and mm-hmm. all everything just started looking faint and blurry. Mm-hmm. I knew that something was wrong when I had I hopped onto the bathroom counter and I'm looking in the mirror. It's hard for me to to see my my reflection. So at that time, <clears throat> I'm, you know, I called my mom and she was thinking that maybe I had just gotten something in my eyes, some dirt or something from playing outside earlier that day. So we took some water, cleaned my eyes out and uh, didn't clear the the situation. It didn't clear any of my sight. So the next thought was to all right, let's let's just go to sleep and maybe everything will be OK in the morning. And when I woke up, nothing, nothing had really changed, but I still felt like I could see well enough to go to school and do my thing so got dressed got on the bus went to school halfway through the day teachers call my mom and they said hey we need you to come get your son because he's not acting himself he's bumping into things he's acting out of character we don't know what's going on my mom comes grabs me from school takes me to the doctor and after an examination they said that I needed to have an emergency operation because I was suffering from retina detachments. Mm. And, uh, very, I, I mean, it kind of throws you for a loop because when you think about retina detachments, the first thing that comes to my mind is, 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 is boxers like our boxers and, and, you know, they're, they're, they're jabbing yeah. and, and uppercuts yeah. and all sorts of stuff. and And that's some sort of, that's a, a blunt force that could create that type of uh, that type of situation, that type of condition. There wasn't anything that I could point to as an eight-year- old boy and say, hey, this is this is what caused this issue. And uh, that led to the first operation that I had, which seemed like it was successful. I could see well for, I would say three to four weeks. And after that time, my sight began to get blurry again, and this time more than what it was the time before. We go back to the doctor, Second examination reveals that I need to have a second operation because of retinal detachments again. So we had that second operation I could see. Well, three to four weeks after that, same issue happened again. But mind you, at at, at that age, obviously it's is is challenging. And as we're talking right now, I just you know, I remember all of those times going into the doctor's office going into the hospital and being inside of the 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 room and the nurses are getting you prepped and they're putting the wristband on your arm and they're putting that gown on you and 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 putting you in the bed and so there were many a times where it just got scary to the point where i'm i'm like screaming at the top of my lungs and and holding on to the to the door frame, trying to keep them from rolling that bed out of out of the out of the, the the room and there were many of times where nurses literally had to like hold my arms down and legs and 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 get me to a space where they could actually roll me down the hallway to the to the operating room and and that table is 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 it's rolling down the hallway and you can see the lights in the in the ceiling as they as they're going by and you're rolling back and <clears throat> excuse me. And then you, you know, you get into the operating room and they, they're, uh, you know, the, the, the nurses and the anesthesiologists are, are just really nice. But at that age, it's, it's hard. And especially yeah. after you go through like the first, second, and third ones um, really, really tough. And, and Didn't that you have was
1: all together, like 12 or 13 surgeries. Yeah. yeah like
2: 13 in total yeah wow. 13 in total and 10 and of them 10 of them when i was 8
0: wow wow yeah. eight years old
2: yep That's so amazing. by the time the 10th one after the 10th one doctors basically said hey there's nothing else we can do to help situation so the likelihood of of your son becoming blind is is pretty high wow. and um yeah and 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 from there it was just, I think, at eight years old, when you hear those words, it's it's more like, all right, am I gonna be able to play Madden still? <laughs> am I gonna be able to play Super Mario Brothers like video yeah. games around my bicycle and all of these things? Yeah.
1: So, no, I mean, that's I would still wonder that now. No, absolutely. And yeah. I'm not. Yeah. So, yeah. Lex, you tell this story about buying a basketball hoop for yeah. a closet door. Yeah. And then you put a safety pin on it so that every time the the ball goes in it would stay in the hoop right um how how old were you you were already blind at that point right so how old were you when when you did that
2: i'm gonna say i started buying those when i was i'm gonna say like 11 12 ish and so being from north carolina i mean basketball is that's the thing you either like you either like nc Mm -hmm. nc state or or that other school that's in Durham that we don't really speak on them too much and uh and, and growing up I was a, a huge North Carolina fan and they've had a lot of the greats Michael Jordan and mm. Vince Carters and Antoine Jameson's, all of these these amazing athletes basketball players who come come through North Carolina and I think had I not lost my sight I probably would have pursued basketball you know I'm I'm, I'm fairly tall long limbs uh, I, I like to think that, you know, if, a, if I had my sight out, I, I had that, that jumper at J for him. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I wanted to buy a I bought a basketball hoop. And initially when I had it, I didn't know when the ball would go inside of the net. So I had to come up with a strategy to figure out, all right, well, how can I determine when when I score And so taking that safety pin and and tying the bottom loops of the net together would mean the ball would stay inside of the hoop and not fall through the ground when I would make a a successful basket. So um, that was that was a game changer for me in terms of just my mental approach to Mm -hmm. to life.
1: So you use this story to distinguish between sight and vision. Yeah, I find it brilliant. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so I have a mantra, and the mantra is no need for sight when you have a vision. Ultimately, it's not the sight that determines our success; it's that it's the ability to see things before they exist and see things beyond the horizon. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and the the challenging thing for me is that when I lost my sight, there was a, a gap that was created because, in a lot of ways, we live in We live in a visual world. Of course, in 2021, that has changed with a lot of accommodations and accessibility, et cetera. But growing up, it was, you know, definitely was tough. But the one thing that that I realized is that everything that has been created, everything that will be created, it always starts from a vision. You see Mm -hmm. it within yourself, you see it within others before it has the ability to, to turn into reality. So thinking about that hoop, how i was able to identify where where it was located i would recognize where where everything was in my room okay my bed is to my right hand side my Mm -hmm. dress is across the room to my left hand side my bedroom door is behind me and so now based off of where those things were situated i could i would gauge and and kind of imagine and visualize where this rim was and it finally got to the point where i knew the floor I knew the floor spacing and and where everything was located so well to the point where I could literally drain the shot from anywhere inside of the room. Wow! So my thinking was, all right, well, if I can literally, if I can rig this hoop and and literally lock in on something that I can't see and and aim and shoot and, and drain the shot, make buckets, then what else can I do in life? Like if I can, I, I can take the same energy and the same approach outside of outside of the house and, and put points up on, on the scoreboard of life.
1: At 11 years old. Yeah.
2: yeah, Around there, probably yeah. Yeah, like 12, 13, somewhere around there.
1: <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah.
0: So let's, let's go back to this whole vision thing for a second, because I think, I just think that's just so profound. Right. Um, you know, when you're talking about having vision, because oftentimes I think when, when we have people, particularly people in our community, uh, where they feel as if like, you know, they can't get ahead in life or, mm-hmm. you know, they're just coming up against all of these different challenges. Um, oftentimes is that, you know, they they kind of lack vision. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I have that kind of the same story because when I was, you know, I grew up super impoverished, like super, super in poverty, right? Yeah. And I just remember times sitting on my porch um, you know, in the hood, and I, I'll just be sitting there by myself, and you know, and I would just think to myself a world that was bigger than my circumstances mm-hmm. at that time, mm-hmm. right? And I think I held on to that so much that it, it, it allowed me to work towards something, right? right? right. So, so we're you know, kind of talk to people like, how where does that vision come from? Is it something that's like is it is it divine intervention? Like, wh- where is it? Where, how can people kind of really tap into like that vision, seeing something bigger than what you know that's what's immediately in front of them?
2: Yeah, I think I, I mean you you definitely hit the 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 nail on the head. I certainly do believe that there's there's uh, a, a lot of God involved, if you will, um, mm-hmm. divine intervention. But I also think that just in what we're doing right now connecting with people who have a similar type of quote unquote visual acuity people who who vibe with you people who see your potential and see what's possible that was literally everything for me and and my mom was a person who who jump-started that and she she basically said hey this is the reality i know it's going to be hard we're going to get through this grieving process if you will but you're going to be successful in life and i think the the starting blocks from her side of things where the first thing is that it is like life is going to be challenging and there's going to be difficult moments but you have what it takes to to overcome and excel and from my mom's side of things she wanted to make sure that i had all the resources and tools and technology and programs and connect me with the right people to get me to the point where number one I would start to, to like the mindset would, would be shifted and it would become more of a, you know, this is more of a, a Victor type of mindset than
1: mm-hmm. being a,
2: a victim. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was, that was a, the biggest thing. No, no one really spoke of sports at that particular time. It was literally, I need to equip my son with all of these things so that he can see what's possible because when i put him out here into the traffic of life there's going to be overwhelming resistance there's going to be a lot of people out there who say oh man this is blind dude like how is how are you going to be able to do this how are you going to be able to do that oh well you should do this you should play piano because stevie wonder and ray charles did it or you should do this because we've seen this person do that or or even pass all of that hey this might be a little too difficult for you. Sit sit to sit, sit this one out. Sit on the sidelines or you know, take a uh, yeah. you know, take take a break, if you will. Um, but my mom and 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 a number of individuals. Mom, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely huge shout out to my mom. Um, she basically said, No, this is like there there's something wrong with his eyes. He he has his hands, he has his, his legs, his feet. We're gonna figure out a way to to usher him back into into life and more importantly we're going to you know get him to a space where from a uh, a mindset and and vision perspective mm. he'll be able to see what is was possible
0: yeah mm-hmm. Yo, so speaking of moms like what's that what was that support system like for you
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know my mom is like the <laughs> I'm laughing because, like, my mom is just that—that—that that, that strong black mom. Like, you know, she definitely showed a lot of love, and uh, then she also showed a lot of like, uh, you know, hey, like, get up, let's go, let's Tough get it going. Love. No, you know, yeah. no excuses type type situation. Um, and and like literally in that time, that 11, 12 years old, when I was able to, once I finally had successfully transitioned from being able to see to not being able to see. It was okay. Let me show you how to take out the trash. Let me show you how to navigate from the front door to the dumpster so you could take the trash out. Let me show you how to wash the dishes. Let me show you how to clean your room. Did you get your homework done? You can't go outside and, and play with your friends until you take care of your responsibilities and have your priorities in order. And 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 that just that taught me a lot of things. It taught me to it taught me what was important and it taught me what needed to be done first and she taught me that there's a time to play there's a time to be serious mm-hmm. uh, taught me how to you know just interact with other people my mom kept me in uh public school and and so i, I point that out because she felt like that was a more of a uh real world experience for me
1: not mm-hmm. to say
2: that there's anything wrong with attending a, you know, specialized school, a school for the blind. It certainly isn't. Um, but her thing was, Hey, when, when he goes into the world, the majority of people in, in the world are able to see. And so I stayed in public school. Um, but in the summer times I would go to the school for the blind and and be a part of different programs like independent living classes and learn how to cook, et cetera, et cetera. So I certainly got a, uh, a taste of uh, both worlds, because um, that was important to have that balance. But um, she, you know, in in terms of academics, I stayed in in public school, and and uh, it was just man, it's it just crazy to think about um, all of the things that that she did. Because at this point in time, now living in San Diego and and you know, kind of doing my thing, you look back and say all of those things really positively impacted my life and 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 help me to not only yeah. achieve what I've achieved but become the person who who I am so yeah very thankful for that
1: you know you were you were even talking about how your mom made sure that as you were navigating life like people didn't box you in yeah and I, that's so important I mean especially when you have a limiting you know disability right but like a lot of people box themselves in Mm. and a lot of parents like they they parents or just society in general wants to steer folks in a certain way because of you know history or stereotypes or whatever and so i just i i really appreciated that story because you know it's hard for a lot of people not to give up on maybe what their what what life expects of them, um, go into a different direction, or even um, go against what their parents want for them, right? Yeah. And yeah. and so um, that's that's really important for people to able to be able to like actualize their own, you know, peak their yeah. own capacity. Because if your mom said, okay, you're going to go to school for the blind. And then, you know, we're going to find you a nice cushy job at an accommodating, you know, call center or something like that. You know, you could have had a perfectly fine life, but you had so much more ability and capacity than that. Yeah. So um, it really takes somebody who, again, we're back to vision, right? Yeah who has a really strong vision that can break through any preconceived pre-made notions of like yeah. what life is supposed to be like.
2: Right. And I, I mean, it, <clears throat> and the other thing about is just the vision aspect is, I mean, there's so many different aspects that, that are wrapped up within just this, this concept of vision, because at the end of the day, you're not able to you can't do it alone and you don't have to do it alone. We all have different skill sets and talents and, and areas where we're where we're gonna be strong we have areas where we're going to be weak and so the elephant in the room for me is all right well he's he's blind he needs some type of of assistance but where I was able to elevate is you, you again you have a number of people where you recognize that all right, we're seeing through the same lens. I'm bringing my skills to the table. Chatora is bringing her skills to the table. Jamil is bringing his skills to the table. And we're meshing all of these things together in a way where, okay, it's going to elevate Lex, but in the process, like everybody is getting elevated. Everybody is ascending to new heights because we are, we're combining forces. We're combining our, our powers. And so specifically from an athletic standpoint, when I'm competing, I have someone who who is physically out there helping me in the long jump or when I'm running. I have my coach. I have my strength and conditioning coach. I have the nutritionist, all of these people where you get, you know, 10 people at the table who are seeing a similar vision, but they're bringing a diverse set of uh, skill sets to the table. Man, it's it's, it's a wrap. Like <laughs> you just you can achieve so much more. In life, and, and in a lot of ways, um, when you are connected with people in this capacity, they they really make you forget about your, your shortcomings or things that you may have believed to be shortcomings or things that you may have believed to be impossible. Like everybody who I hang with, who really get me and understand me, they make me forget about being blind. It's, mm. it's something I don't even think about.
1: Right. So um, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about how you got in into track and field.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, it was high school. So uh, again, speaking of my mom, my mom's side of the family is the athletic side. So even before I lost my sight, she had me in rec league baseball and I took swimming lessons and we would go outside and play catch and play the typical backyard sports. After I had lost my sight, once I had fully, fully, fully gotten a hold of of living this, this new experience. Um, I learned about an adaptive form of baseball called beep baseball, where the mm-hmm. ball makes a beeping sound and you, mm-hmm. you know, the bases make a, make a buzzing sound. So I was able to get into that sport. I learned about a sport called goal ball, but then I got into high school and learned about track and field. We had a, a PE test where there were a number of different activities that you had to participate in. And one of them was standing long jump. So you stand in one spot. Boom jump forward as far as you can. Since I was in, in public school, all of my friends there, they're sighted. So that that first jump I took, they were like, oh man, this is <laughs> this is crazy. This dude just like, like jumped through the roof. And 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 my teacher at the time, Brian Whitmer, he said, "Oh, oh, man, this is so crazy! Like you, you jump, you jump ten, you jump ten feet from a standstill, ten feet from a standstill." And I'm a freshman in high school. He's just like very excited, and he tells me about the Paralympics and potentially being able to travel the world and break records, win medals, represent Team USA. And he takes me down to the track, shows me everything about the long jump, how wide the runway is, how long it is. That's the area where you got to run. He shows me that there's a takeoff board in the ground, shows me the pit itself, how wide it is, how long it is. And so I always feel like it was a blessing that I was able to, to see at one point in life because when I engage with an environment and things in that capacity, it really makes me feel like I can actually visualize and, and see what's going on. But even beyond that, I was like, all right, well, you know, people, people run and jump. Like, I can't see anything. How are we going to pull this off? Mm-hmm. So he says, well, I'm going to, I'm going to stand at the takeoff board. I'm going to clap and yell straight, 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 straight. So even though you may not be able to see where I'm standing, you'll be able to hear where I'm standing and know which direction to run. And from there, I want you to take X number of strides and a jump. When we were out there, I was like, "Yo, this dude is crazy. This is not going to, no, like, nah." (laughs) But he was very much like, "I know you can do this, and you're fast, you're athletic, you're talented. Let's just try it out and see what happens." That point, my mind was, "There's so many different things that can go wrong (laughs) right now." his mindset is yeah that's that's true but there's so many things that can go right also Mm -hmm. and and i think that you know you have people who believe in you that much and and people who provide that positive that reinforcement and and that that genuine authentic connection again they just help you elevate your mind and and if you can elevate your mind your body will follow so from there, even though it was challenging in the Say beginning. That
1: Say that one more time. Yeah. Say, for a Say time. One more time, you, time.
2: Yeah. Okay. you elevate your mind, your body will follow.
1: Wow. That's,
0: that's a gem right there.
1: That is. That's a, that's that a is, big gem right I really there. Believe, I really believe in that. You know, life gets sure. stressful. And I've seen a shift in myself over the last year by being more mindful. Mm-hmm. by practicing mindfulness and i even say the things that would have sent me into a tailspin a year ago i'm like whatever you know yeah. it nobody's nobody's dead so we'll be yeah. fine so i'm i'm sorry to to cut you off no no
2: no go ahead it's so
1: it's so important because it all starts in your mind
2: yeah yeah for sure and it was and it was challenging i mean it, it was definitely tough in the beginning because you're literally Imagine yourself running full speed down a runway. You can't see anything at all. And someone is asking you to jump and land inside of a sand pit. You don't know if you'll land in the sand, outside of the sand. You don't know if you'll run into a pole or a trip right. or any of those things. First, and, yeah. yeah.
0: So and, talk about that for a second, because um, I'm sure it had to be some trial and error with that. I'm sure that we're at some point along the way. You know there might have been some mistakes that were made or you know something you know so yeah. kind of talk about that process of like kind of getting to that point where you really just perfected the craft
2: yeah i think the process was of course the first thing that comes to mind is just that trust aspect and and that was one thing that i, I literally had to get over trusting this person who is giving me these auditory cues and and he's saying all right come you know come this direction. I'm right here I'm right here. Just follow the sound of my voice. That's that's hard. You're literally putting your your well-being in the hands of someone else. Yeah. And although he was saying that listen, you're going to be fine. There's nothing around you. It's a wide open space. There's no steps around. You're not going to trip over anything. I'm your eyes. I'm going to to make sure that that you're safe and and protected. It's still it's still hard but i think that the the key in all of that for me was even though we may have difficulties trusting others i think a lot of it is us getting to the point where where we can trust ourselves mm-hmm. and so you know i had to ask myself well if i don't if i don't trust coach whitmer he's he's putting all of this stuff on the table you could travel the world you can you can break records. You can, you can win money. You can do all of these things. If I don't give myself a shot, if I don't take a chance on it, then what sort of potential success are, am I throwing out of the window and what sort of opportunities am I just, you're know, not even giving yourself a chance because you refuse to, to try whatever it is out. And so-
1: There's this little voice in all of us that we all have. And it's like every time we are going to, we have the thought to aspire for something greater than what we have right now, that little voice gives us all the reasons why we shouldn't and tells us all the things that we're gonna do to mess this up or all of the obstacles that we're gonna have to face in order to get there. and it, it, this is, I have never heard a successful person not talk about this process that they yeah. go through. And it's its so phenomenal to understand that we are all going to have these thoughts. The difference between someone who is who has pushed through that and is successful and someone isn't, is just, you, you can't let that voice control you. You can't let that voice drive. Um, And, and you, you could have, you had every reason to say, no, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. Um, You know, you didn't, you didn't know really what was on the other side of that. So how did you, how did you get over those thoughts The that, those things that we're telling you to, to hold back.
2: I think you go back to that. You go back to my bedroom in that basketball hoop. In that space, I was the man. Mm-hmm. I'm the person who, three, two, one, uh, shoot the ball, <laughs> the ball goes in. Like, I'm the person. I was the superstar in those moments. and And so going out of that room, I had to literally put myself in that in that environment again Lex like this is all you you can make this happen there's a there's a hoop there's a goal at the end of this runway aim shoot and a score you have someone here who is is willing he's investing the time into into helping you let's just see what happens <laughs> let's see what happens and and, and take it from there If it doesn't work out, what did you lose? You know, Mm -hmm. not much of anything you you tried it out. And, and again, I think that's just a testament to everyone who I've been connected with. They just, just always encouraged me to try. And, and if it didn't work out, then on to the next.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So I want to transition a little bit, man, uh, because I want to talk about that moment, that feeling. You know, you're in, you know, so you're able to compete at a yeah. very, very high level, right? Yeah. And, and you know, and you're, com- and you are competing at that high level. Yeah. Uh, and then you started to like reap the benefits of your efforts. So yeah. talk to me about that feeling, how with being able to get that first, that first medal, whether I don't care what, what it was, whether it was a bronze or silver, yeah. or especially the gold medal. Like, yeah. talk to me about that feeling.
2: It is. It's hard to put into words sometimes because I I remember being in, in Athens, 2004, mind you, I'm, I'm fresh out of, I'm fresh out of high school uh, and, and literally go from Athens drive high school to, to Athens, Greece the next year. Wow. And (laughs) And so I'm inside the stadium. That's a flex like that, man. Athens Drive High School to Athens Greece. We are inside of the stadium. First day of competition, evening session. There's a lot of people inside of the stadium. I can't see anything, but you could totally feel the the electricity all over the yeah. place. People screaming and just the vibrations of of the stadium and and of the opportunity we get out there and, and and i do what i do and I, I get on the podium for the first time and win that silver and 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 my mom is in the stands my grandmother's in the stands mm. coach whitmer is in the stands and and his wife is in the stands also and at that moment in time of course it was all right you know you've you've achieved this this athletic feat but i think more than anything it was really special to have some of the people in the stands who literally poured out their everything to help me get to, to that point. Mm-hmm. And for them to literally see that and to live that experience a moment with me, that was, that was really, really special. And, uh, and you know, that's, that's, that's a moment of time that I'll, I'll never, ever forget. But from there, man, it's just been, yeah, I'm going to places that I would have never imagined met people that i would have never imagined meeting and and it's just been a a really fun fun roller coaster and a and a a huge testament to what is possible at the end of the day and it sounds so cliche because everyone says oh man if you can believe it if you believe it then you can achieve it. if you believe it you Mm -hmm. can achieve it but the reason is cliche and you hear it a lot is because it's true it's true (laughs) you know what i'm saying like like it's really True. If you don't, we talked about the mind a little bit earlier, but if you really don't believe it in your mind, it doesn't matter how many people motivate you and inspire you and encourage you to do X, Y and Z. If you don't believe it, then it's not going to happen.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's those moments. I always tell people if you are if you're aspiring to do something and you're in the thick of it and you don't want to quit, you're not yeah. doing it right. Yeah, It's not hard enough because anything, anything worthwhile I've ever undertaken, trust and believe I've thought about quitting several times. But then you see it through and you like you grow up, Mm -hmm. grow up through it. And you're like, oh, I'm taller, I'm stronger and I can do even my capacity is deeper now. So, yeah, it is. You believe it. You can achieve it. But you also have to grind.
2: For sure. And it's like even at this point, yeah, like I've I've gotten on the podiums and done all of these, these uh, you know awesome things. Like each one of them, I feel still has some moments where there's challenges. There's there's things that you have to overcome. Like I'm, imagine yourself inside of of the Olympic and Paralympic stadium. You have like eighty five, ninety thousand people in the stands. They could be cheering. They could be clapping their hands all while i'm on the ground and i have my guide who's standing say 120 feet away from me and he's clapping and yelling as loud as he can top of his lungs and you're literally having to focus on this one voice it's not easy all of the time you know but you really just have to 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 trust the process that's the purpose of of training and, and honing your craft and working Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday or Sunday or whatever it is, and, and get it to that space where, all right, even within training, maybe you put yourself in these challenging moments that you may experience in the actual time for the test.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and,
2: and when we get into that stadium, some of those things do pop up and you just have to take that, that deep breath and, and just all right, let me, let me calm myself down. Like we, we've done, the we've done the, the work made the proper preparations and, and adjustments and, and let's go out here and, and make it happen.
1: So you, one thing, this is a total pivot. Is that okay? Yep. Jay? Yeah. Okay. All right. So one thing we talked about Lex was, I'm re- I'm really fascinated on getting your take about what happened in 2020 what's still happening now. Yeah. We talk about racial equity and racial yeah. justice. Um and the reason why I'm fascinated is because race is really kind of like a made up social construct. Mm. And you're blind. Yeah. But you're black. And yeah. you're obviously black. And yeah. so I really want to know like what uh, what is your what is your perspective on on approaching life and understanding that like the privilege of sight has created this racial divide. Yeah. um, You know, how do you navigate that? And, you know, I know you have a story about this. You got pulled over once, but, you know, I'm just, I'm really interested to hear how, how, how you perceive this.
2: Yeah. I think, uh, so growing up, uh, being in North Carolina, obviously more of a, a conservative place versus say a California where I am right now. And my mom, she, she definitely made it aware that this is a thing. Racism exists and you may experience some sort of mistreatment and and no matter the the degrees that you may have or the medals that you might win or no matter how many stages you may grace to give a speech or whatnot, you still may be subject to some sort of uh, mistreatment because you're, you're black. But, I don't want that to deter you from from going into the world and and doing your thing and and achieving as much as you can achieve, going out there as many dreams as as, as you as you have. Um, and that really just set the framework again, kind of kind of going back to my life is is challenging, but it, you know specifically for for us who are, Who are black you know the black experience definitely comes with uh is challenges and and for me as a person with a disability i think that there's certainly been a lot of times where that has amplified more than just the, the 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 black experience um because even within even within my own community you know, people may say, oh, you know, how are you going to do this or you can't do this or whatever. But anyway, to, to answer the question, I think that um, I think that not being able to see certainly provides a certain type of protection, because when I'm out and about where I hear my friends, uh, you know, they, they may say, oh, well, this person is is looking at them differently or this white person may have clutched their purse when they walked into the room. I don't see any of those things. Um, and it, 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 I'm just able to, to really just kind of maneuver, but again, always having those, those voices from when I was growing up, just stories from my family and, and things that have happened, like, Hey, there is a possibility that, that, that something may, something may, um, you know, it may occur. Uh, but I just, you know, I try to do what I can um just to continue to to push forward not only for myself but for people who who live a similar experience as me for people who look like me who you know come from a similar background and 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 culture because at the end of the day it's a team effort and everything that i've been able to achieve in life has always been because i've connected with people who vibe with you know vibe absolutely um and the platforms that i've been given i just feel a natural responsibility to be able to say hey what can i do in this situation like how can i lift up people and, and provide and and open doors for people just like doors were open for me um and yeah you know it's, <laughs> i'll talk it a lot but yeah going back to that story you have um you have mentioned when we had chatted yeah jamil i was telling uh shatora that me and my buddy we were we were riding around this was in 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 california and 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 we got flicked you you around know, in the car uh coming up on us and and uh and we pull over window comes down rolls down police officer comes to the window and he's he's like hey you know driver's license and registration So I'm just sitting there. I have my I have my cane inside of my my lap um, and it's it's folded up. It can fold up Mm -hmm. and it is just sitting in my lap. And uh, and I just remember that uh, that experience is like just. Just sitting very still and 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 frozen, like all right, don't do anything, don't move. And the interesting thing about that is that I haven't seen anything since eight years old. I f- vaguely remember watching episodes of Cops and other you know, other uh, uh, shows like that on TV, mm-hmm. so I have an idea of you know what wh- what things kind of look like, but to be in that situation and to naturally just kind of freeze up and and then the officer is like you know what is that and i'm I'm, i consider myself pretty (laughs) intelligent i knew that he was probably looking at that looking at the cane Mm -hmm. and uh so my buddy was like hey you know he's blind that's his that's his cane um and fortunately that that situation didn't it didn't go much farther than that and we were able to to end up leaving but that isn't the same experience for, for other people. Like I have friends who they've gotten pulled over and they've been taken to the, to the, uh, to the police station and, and been questioned for whatever reason. And, um, you know, I consider myself, you know, definitely fortunate and blessed in that situation, but a lot of people who are black can't say the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the, uh, that's the, the troubling thing when it's, when it's purely based on, you know how you look or you're, you're right. driving a nice car or just you're in the wrong your quote unquote wrong neighborhood or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Car.
0: yeah right and it's so funny that you mentioned that man um because as as a black man this is something that unfortunately even me i consider myself to be you know a professional i yeah. don't get in trouble you know i have great relationships with people police everyone but even still, it's
1: that instinct
0: it's that instinct whenever I'm driving and it, and it happens to this day, to this day, I rehearse in my head. Like what would happen if I get pulled over, how I need to react, how I need to speak to a certain officer mm-hmm. or if I'm pissed off, if I'm in a bad mood. I need to make sure that that's not right. You know, that's not being um, on display, mm-hmm. because if this officer who doesn't happen to look like me uh you know is in a bad mood as well that yep. it could be a bad day for the both of us you know? yep. Yep. so you know and and un, it's unfortunate as as black people you know these are things that we constantly have to have to play out in our minds like you know and play out these scenarios in our mind like if these things happen you know but uh I, i'm hoping i'm um i want to be hopeful that you know we're going to see some uh uh, some systemic change. I I know there are a lot of people who are out here on the front lines right now who are just doing incredible work around police police reform. (laughs) I mean, I'm sitting next to one right now. Um, so, you know, I'm, so I'm confident that, you know, at some point we're going to, you know, we're going to get there, but, um, Lex, we have a few more minutes, man. And this has been just such an amazing conversation. I mean, I'm, you know, I kept going back in my head, like the, the, (laughs) the, the time that you were talking about when you are in the stadium and that feeling. And I asked about that feeling because I'm an energy person, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I like, I, I literally was getting goosebumps as you, as you were speaking, because it took me back to a time when I was in high school. I I don't know if you knew this, tour, but I used to run track as well. Okay. I, I was probably one of the top track runners in the city, uh-huh. you know? Um, and here I am, I'm, I'm five, seven, a buck, 25, wet, you yeah. know, And I just, and I'm smoking everybody, you know, but the thing is my high school at the time we didn't have, you know, I went to a a inner city high school. We didn't really have a real track team. I was like the main guy on the team. Mm -hmm. So just to go to these stadiums and just to get everybody cheering for me, like it just it just and I always had dreams of like going to the Olympics and everything before mm-hmm. I messed up my ankle. But, you know, it just kind of took me back to that. As you were telling that story, it just took me back to that feeling of of that energy. Like when yeah. you know when you're, when you're putting your all out there and you're reaping the benefits from it and you get that energy from people. And it like it's such an amazing it, that that rush you feel is so amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Amazing. the man in the arena is a speech by oh my gosh some former president but it really it it really talks about that energy yeah. and um how you know you when you put yourself out there and and you know you dare greatly when you, when you put yourself in, in that arena. And sometimes it's a literal arena. If, if you're Lex Gillette or Mm -hmm. Jamil, and sometimes it's a figurative arena, you know, if you're somebody like me, Um, but that energy Mm -hmm. that you, you can't get, you don't reap the rewards of that energy without putting yourself out there. For
2: sure. Yeah. That arena life. That's, that's, that's one that we all have to have to, to walk through right like Mm -hmm. you got to navigate through that space and and i mean of course everything that we've been talking about is is certainly you know what are you going to do to make sure that that your performance is is going to get you on that podium
1: yeah so We have one final question for you, Lex. And it's a question we ask everybody, but I'm particularly fascinated by what you're going to say, which is what does being Black mean to you? Mm. I love the reactions when I ask this question.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What does it mean for me? I think that... So I'm gonna take it this angle, because uh, you know, in a figurative sense, the the, the lights went out for me, mm-hmm. and and now you're in this uh, seemingly dark space, mm-hmm. seemingly a, a black space. But that was the that was a foundational piece when th- there was. I couldn't see anything there's 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 nothing there but that is the the trampoline that I feel like that we all will experience at some point and that's our opportunity to really to to take that internal strength and and to build something that to build something from from nothing if you will and and for like all of us as as um you know, individuals who are, who are black, we have that internal strength. We, our ancestors, our, our families, our, just everybody has, has gone through so much. And so when you think about it from a, from a genetic standpoint and just, just hereditary, it's being passed down for, for years upon years upon years. Right. And so we literally have this ability to take, to take nothing and to create, everything <laughs> like
1: yeah.
2: literally transcend and, and just transform culture,
1: mm-hmm. transport
2: minds, like, mm-hmm. like literally build temples, build mm-hmm. absolutely, you know, everything like that is, that's the, the, the black experience. And, mm-hmm. and I just want everybody to know that like, you literally have the strength. I don't care what anybody says. Um, you know of course there's there's the the battle against um you know racism and 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 white supremacy and and as we've talked about before all of this these are these are mental things sure yeah we all you know look different and walk different and talk different but if we all had a similar mental perspective and we all you know saw things visual uh, from a same visual lens if you will then I think that you know we will be able to elevate above this 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 literal oh you're white oh you're black
1: oh Absolutely. you can't do
2: this because you're black oh you can't Absolutely. do this because you're you know whatever so um, yeah no, we're we're some we're some strong people
1: we are
0: I couldn't have said that any better bro no that is you. that is amazing that is amazing so. You know, 2021, you know, Tokyo is coming up
1: this summer,
2: summer, August, August, Mm -hmm.
0: NBC on. Check us out for sure. I I cannot wait. And it's going to be amazing to say that when I when I'm looking at the Olympics this summer, I know him. him. Like I I know that guy. No, we got to go to
1: San Diego and visit.
0: I'm definitely down to go. We to, to San Diego. Yeah, yeah, we, can, we
2: can do a, we can do a live session, live podcast at one of my favorite restaurants. I'll show you a good time. Amen. Oh man, listen, yeah. okay. yo, well, listen, say less, I'm bro. A, like, <laughs> like a, yeah, yeah. A, I know.
0: I, we will absolutely be out there, you know. Yeah. So, but um, Lex, man, we we so appreciate you. Um, we are rooting for you on um, this summer. <laughs> yes. um, and just in life, man, you are you are such an inspiration uh, to so many. Like, again, I just love having this conversation with you today. I just, I'm, I'm I'm leaving this conversation feeling super inspired. And what's um, the
1: mantra again?
0: No need for sight when you have a vision. Amen. That's it. That's it. So Lex, if people wanted to connect with you online, social media, website, things like that, uh, can you go ahead and plug your information?
2: Yeah, absolutely. LexGillette.com and literally everything, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. It's, it's Lex Gillette, L-E-X-G-I-L-L-E-T-T-E.
0: Y'all, yeah, yeah, y'all make sure y'all go, go on Instagram. That. Y'all follow my man. Go on his website. I mean, he's he's all over the place, all over this digital landscape. And and this summer, he's gonna be bringing home that gold. So we're looking sure. forward to that. We're definitely looking forward to that. And Lex, again, thank you so much, brother, for um, for your time today. Uh Chitora, this has been an amazing conversation.
1: I-, I just had to make sure I wasn't following you on Instagram, so I just went and followed you. For
0: okay. <laughs> just-
2: okay. I'm gonna have to follow back.
0: I'm gonna okay. have to follow yeah, back. Yeah. I've been following
2: you. So um oh, okay. you know hey, i I'm following me and follow me again so I know <laughs> so I know who I,
0: who I'm on. I, I definitely got you on that, bro. Okay. You know, so, um, so I, I appreciate you, Shasaurus, yeah. so, for even you know bringing this to light, man. Because like, I know we were working on this for a little while, and yeah. we made it happen. You yeah. made it happen. So this is this has been such an amazing conversation.
1: No, yeah. this is great. I love it, and we're gonna have more conversations. Can't wait to talk to you again, Lex, um, in San Diego at your favorite restaurant. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> and I hope. I hope everybody goes and follows us on social media, mm-hmm. at, on Facebook at the b Sweet Podcast, on Instagram, b Sweet Podcast, mm-hmm. um, on the web at the b sweet Podcast.com. And you can find this podcast on all major streaming platforms like Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, like Apple Podcasts, podcast, there. <laughs> everywhere. You can find us. We're out here. Jamil is on Instagram at
0: Jamil Cruz, I'm all things Jamil Cruz.
1: You oh, know. Underscore Shatora.
0: Yep, that's it, y'all. That's so it. Appreciate y'all for checking in. We will catch you guys on the next podcast, Lex. We appreciate you, and we will talk to you guys later. Peace. Absolutely. Thank you both.